Good morning. Hoping you all got some good rest and are feeling a little bit more settled as each moment passes. A nice full belly from breakfast. Warm enough. (laughs) We're staying in uh, cottages over a little bit down the road and it's not quite as warm as it is over here. Uh, My fingers are thawing out still. So I want to, before we actually start into a practice, I want to just lay down some uh, groundwork of, you know, what, what we're doing here and how to practice with this thing we call mindfulness. Um, and the, the traditional meditation instructions come from the Satipatthana Sutta. Um, and it, sati, the word sati, is translated into mindfulness. Um, but it's also translated into remembering, right? To remember or to recollect. And so this idea of mindfulness is very simply remembering where you are right now. Remembering. So it's not the kind of remembering of remembering your history, remembering, you know, the story, remembering um, childhood or a conversation you want to have or remembering to plan something. It's not that kind of remembering. It's the remembering of where am I? Where am I actually right now? And we do this in a, you know, what we call a clear and stable and non-judgmental awareness. And so what the clarity comes from is through the remembering. So for instance, right now, can you actually feel your body? Can you feel your sits bones on your cushion? maybe sensations in your hands. This is present time awareness. This is being here now. You might not be present right now. Maybe your mind is thinking about something. You're um, ruminating about something or thinking about what the rest of the week is going to be like. That would be not being present right now, right? The mind has taken you somewhere else. You're off on a journey. And so we have this very simple task. I say simple because when I talk about it, it sounds simple. Okay, so if you're thinking about something, stop thinking about it and come back to your body, right? But as we all know, it's not always so simple. There are many sticky, sticky thoughts, sticky memories, sticky plants, that can get us stuck, we can get caught. And then we go down that train of thought. And next thing we know, many, many minutes have passed by. But the beautiful thing about the mindfulness practice is that's okay. That's part of the practice. It's totally and completely natural to do that. I'll oftentimes have students say to me, well, I can't meditate because I'm the kind of person that thinks a lot. (laughs) And it's like, well, yeah, you and everybody else in this room. (laughs) We all think a lot, and that's okay. 
The point of the practice is not for us not to think. The point of the practice is for us to have a relationship to that thinking and also to have the ability, the capacity to come back, to remember, where am I right now? And so a lot of the instructions this morning will merely be about how to remember, how to come back. And the first, as I was talking about the Satipatthana, the four foundations of mindfulness, the Satipatthana Sutta is also called the four foundations of mindfulness, we're going to mostly be working today with the first foundation, which is the breath and the body. And the breath and the body... um, are very useful because they're always with us, right? We're never not without it. Fortunately, we're not without the breath. There will be one day when we aren't. But for now, the breath is always there. So no matter where we are, no matter where you are today while practicing, whether you're walking, which I'll give it some instructions on that, whether you're eating, whether you're going to the restroom, whether you're just standing, whatever it is that you're doing, your breath is with you. So we're going to use that. Your body is with you. So we're going to use that as this, um, sometimes we call it an anchor, um, but it's it's a place to help us stabilize and and strengthen our clarity of mind and our mindfulness. trying to think how I want to lay it out so it's very clear. Um, well, I'm going to start with some instructions and I might continue talking as I give them. But I, I really want to normalize for everybody in here that first days of retreat, you will definitely experience some sleepiness, right? And that's okay. There is not some, we do not have to get to a state where suddenly because you're on retreat and sitting a certain way that everything's going to fall away, the mind's going to be clear, and you are now a meditator. It's not even the ask of the practice. The ask of the practice is to really see with with a naked eye Direct experience as it's happening right now. So that might be sleepiness. Sleepiness is happening right now. A restlessness. That feeling of, I got to get out of here. I'm jumping out of my skin. I can't possibly sit. Or anxiety rising. Natural. Ideas of doubt. Why did I do this? I could be somewhere else, you know. It's such a great weekend for a movie or whatever. Like, (laughs) what have I done? That will arise, right? Cravings for things to be different will arise. Completely normal, completely natural. And when that happens, paying attention to first acknowledging, okay, this is happening. I see you. I see you restlessness. I see you sleepiness. You can be here. 
watching that arise, watching the mind's reaction to it, wanting to fix it, change it, thinking you're not meditating right, getting stressed out because I think I'm not meditating right, I don't know how to do this, forget it, right? That's the, the reaction to the direct experience of, oh, what is sleepiness? What's the experience of sleepiness feel like? In this body, not in the mind, but in this body, what does sleepiness feel like? Ah, there's a heaviness in my shoulders. My face feels a little weighty and warm, whatever. That's direct experience in the body in this moment. What the mind will want to tell you is all kinds of stories about how that's wrong and i got to snap out of it and I'm feeling foggy. See what it's like to not resist direct experience, right? This naked seeing of what's actually happening. And when we start to do that, when we start to allow ourselves to settle in the breath and the body, this first foundation of mindfulness, and the resistance falls away to this experience of being in this human form, a stabilization of the mind can happen. And we call that samadhi. It's this, this place where we settle and then we stable. We settle and we stabilize. We settle and we stabilize. And that happens over and over again with this direct experience. And when we do that with a kind and compassionate voice towards ourselves versus a judgmental, harsh voice, when we remember to come back, allow yourself to come back to a home, a refuge, a space that's inviting and welcoming. Versus that, okay, I'm coming back and I'm going to do it right this time. Right? There's this rigidity that can happen in our practice. And the more rigid we get, the more harsh we get when we remember to come back, the farther away we actually get from, from our concentration and from our samadhi, from our stabilization. So really watch that warm, welcoming, kind voice on return. And oh, good, good friend, I'm happy you're back. It's good to see you again. And we start over, right? So there's a lot of starting over. And that's totally okay. And so even now, allowing your belly to soften and feeling the breath, leaving and entering the body. We don't need to control the breath. There's no controlling of the breath. It's a receptivity of the breath. Breathing is happening. Feeling the sensations in your body. This body is here. It's really here. We're oftentimes these walking heads, and the body is merely just a, a tool to get us around the world. But no, this body comes with a lot of information. It's very wise. So let's first, when we start to practice, really finding a posture. So allow yourself to find a posture that is comfortable enough, because as we know, we'll sit and we'll get uncomfortable, and then we'll shift and get uncomfortable again, and we'll shift and get uncomfortable again. So see if you can find something that's comfortable enough. 
where we don't have to shift or readjust too much because as we know that only lasts a little while. A posture that is not too rigid or uptight but holds this nobility, holds enough effort to keep us awake and alert, but that also has some ease, right? So watching where there might be tension, letting it fall. The neck straight so that the head can be balanced. Typically in the insight tradition, which is what we're doing, this mindfulness practice, the eyes are closed. But if that doesn't feel right for you, um, you can lightly gaze, just glancing down at the floor in front of you. And we'll start with allowing the belly to soften. Finding ease in the breath, if possible. Just noticing breathing happening. Right now, breathing is happening. And for some, we feel the breath maybe strongest in the belly, the expansion and the contraction. For some, it's in the rising and the falling of the chest area, the lungs and the chest. Or maybe you feel it the strongest at your nostrils or your upper lip. And then there's also the possibility that just following the whole breath is what feels the most natural. So see where you feel breathing the easiest, the most naturally. And allow that to be the point that you return to every time the mind drifts off, every time we get pulled away into another experience. And if for various reasons the breath is uncomfortable or not an easeful place to land, Pick something like your hands or your feet, maybe your sits bones, a contact point, 
that every time we forget where we are, the remembering settles back into hands, feet, sits bones, or breathing. Just allow that for now. Very simply, we get to put all other ideas down. Use the remembering of where we are right now through one of these points of reference. Breathing in and breathing out. Coming back over and over again, no matter how many times we forget, it's okay. Just returning.
And just checking in. Where, where am I right now? If we're long gone, resettling back into breathing or another point on the body. Just coming back.
So a few things I, I want to add for the instructions for today um, is, you know, we call this a practice for a reason. Just like anything new that we're picking up or anything we're trying to get better at, we need to practice, whether it's an instrument or a language or riding a bike or whatever it is that we're doing. And so this, too, um, the more we allow ourselves to return to stabilize this possibility for an unwavering, um, very still mind can happen. But it comes through practice, right? And the practice in this sense is going away and coming back and going away and coming back. So the going away is actually useful. It's necessary. It's not a bad thing, right? The coming back is helpful. And so what we do is we, we, as we stabilize this mind, as our mind becomes unwavering, that's where the wisdom can shine bright. Because we're seeing exactly what's happening right now versus all of these deluded possibilities um, and confusion. So really today, really about coming back, about coming back. And like I said, with a lot of kindness. Right now, we're all in a sitting posture, but in the first foundation of mindfulness, again from the Satipatthana, there are four postures that we use for practice. Um, There's sitting, there's standing, there's walking, and there's lying down, right? So that's everything. You can think of a posture that's not in there. Um, So we are on retreat practicing in all four of those postures. I saw Gina during the practice, um, a really great thing to do is to stand. If you're sitting in the hall and you're really fighting a lot of sleep and it's just hard to stay because you're nodding out, standing is just as viable a practice as sitting, walking, lying down. So it's, it's very helpful to re-energize. So just right where you are, um, stand up, get some energy. If you want to sit back down, that's fine. So you can do that in the hall. It's, it's really actually quite useful. Um, a question that often comes up, especially if we're newer to practice and trying to figure out a posture that works for us, is this moving okay, right? So you find yourself in a, in a position and you're like, oh yeah, this, this seems to work. This is going to be good. And then, you know, five minutes later, you're like, this is a failure. Why did I pick this posture? I know that I should have picked the other posture. And so we think that even like the most, so you might just go like that and be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I found it. This is good. Right. And then, mm -mm, I don't don't think so. I I should have picked it this way. So So then we shift again and then. You know, and we end up doing that through our whole practice, thinking that if only I had this better way, this better posture, my sit would be perfect. So check out what it's like to not move. To be like, oh yeah, I, I picked the wrong one, but let's, let's stay with it anyway. Let's, let's check this out. If you're not actually causing yourself physical harm, if you have an injury or something that you know, I really need to move or I'm going to mess something up, please, by all means, take care of your body. But if it's just that little, like, that little tiny micro itch, 
that's a little bit of displeasure, try to stay because there's reason for that. This is, this is our sort of microcosmic experience around our macrocosmic world, right, that we're moving through. When we're practicing on the cushion, it's not so that we get to be great meditators. It's so that we can then carry our practice into our lives. And so if we find that we always do these little micro changes to our lives because we think that's what's going to bring us deep satisfaction and we realize it's just band-aiding ourselves through the world, right? It's the same on the cushions. Like, oh, what would it be like if this discomfort arose? Oh, discomfort. What's discomfort like? And what you'll see is it'll pass. It'll arise and it'll pass. So we're watching this impermanence of phenomenon as we're sitting still arise and pass. And we start to build this resilience to to these slight discomforts that oftentimes manipulate us through our lives. Right? So it's a great possibility to say, oh, wow, I can actually do this. I can do this. I don't have to be triggered by everything. I have resiliency. And then again, that's where this wisdom comes. Oh, things arise and pass. Arise and pass. So give that a try. Like I said, if there's real discomfort, you really need to move. Our feet get numb, our legs get numb, that happens. You know, we find a posture. You can work with your posture and see what really works with you. If you're on a cushion because you think it's the spiritual way to go and it's the only way to enlightenment or bust, you don't have to be on a cushion if it's really <laughs> not, not wise for your body. Chairs are perfectly okay. Um, and there's lots of different um, postures that you can kind of mess with, with sticking things under a knee and, you know, lots of different ways to work with your posture. Because having a, having a good posture is very foundational and fundamental to our practice. And maybe you might get into a little bit of that in movement today or if people want to stay for questions, that's possible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what else did I want to say? I think that's it. Just give, give yourself a lot of, of spaciousness in the mind and the heart today. Um, and at the same time, showing up, really showing up for the schedule, really being here for the practice. It's a day that has a very natural flow to it. Um, Aaron and I will be in here for for every sitting period today. So there will be, if you're used to having those sitting periods be in complete silence, um, we apologize. We are going to be just giving gentle instructions um, for the day because there is a lot of are a lot of new people here. Um, so so that, that that will be happening. Um, and then I have some announcements, and then we'll move into. Did you you look like you wanted to say something? Okay. A uh, couple announcements. Um, one, the affinity sits that Aaron was talking about. These affinity groups will be happening today, people of color, at um, 10.15 in M200, LGBTIQA+, in M200 at the 11.30 sit. Um, Rebecca wanted me to let you know that the office will be open all day today, so there won't be office hours that I think are posted, but if you need anything throughout the whole day, um, she's available for that. And... Yeah, I I can't say it enough to just let the schedule be your guide. Let the schedule be your guide. 
I want to give some walking instructions now for, as you'll see, there are as many walking periods on the schedule as there are sitting periods. The walking practice, and we're going to actually walk through it together a little bit, just so that you have some real familiarity with it. I know it can be confusing um, seeing walking. You're like, I know how to walk, not a problem, I will walk. Um, but there's a particular way, and, it, and we use the Burmese-style uh, walking practice here at IMS, uh, which is a practice that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the handheld and actually do it. What we're going to do now is the transition from sitting to walking, right? And again, we know how to stand, but we're going to do this in these like very tweaky, mindful, slow movements so that we can see what does it actually take to stand? Because the mind is just like, I'm going to stand and suddenly you're standing, right? But if we are really paying attention, what does it take for the body to stand, you know, first there's this intention. First, the mind has to think, I'm going to stand. All right, so we're going to think, I'm going to stand. And then what? You know, what actually happens next? Yeah, it's like the nervous system sending messages to our body parts. It's firing some kind of muscular movement. And then maybe... You know, maybe the foot moves first. I don't know what it is for you, but for me, it's the foot. And so just whatever your natural process is, but really pay attention. What does it take? A lot of cooperation from a lot of different body parts in the mind. So slowly allowing yourself to get to standing. The muscle cooperation, the joints, the bones, again, the mind, the intention. How do we go from intention to movement to action? And then here we are standing. Maybe noticing how the heart rate changes from sitting to standing. The pressure in the feet. The miracle of the balance and gravity that's actually holding us here. We're not bouncing off the ceiling, floating through this room. Right, so all these things. And now we're standing. The sensation of the arms hanging or however you're holding them. This is the standing practice. Maybe just checking that out for a few minutes. Right now I'm standing. What is this body's experience of standing? Breathing is still happening. Sensations still happening. And then from here, moving into the walking practice, maybe just shifting 
Just slowly shifting all of your weight into your right foot. Just very gently shifting, shifting, shifting. And you'll notice if you shift far enough, the left foot just automatically, right? I see a lot of you just already going to the toes. The left foot already automatically just wants to lift as you shift. And then allowing that leg to lift. The foot moving through space. And then placing the left foot. Now the pressure is in the left foot. And as we shift again, we won't go very far because we can't. But as we shift again, all the weight into the left foot, the right heel slowly starts to lift. The weight's in the toes. And then slowly lifting, moving, placing. And then the weight is in the right foot. And then you can you can go back too. But seeing how walking, the mechanisms of walking, the balance of walking, and allowing the walking practice to really be like that, paying attention to the weight shift, the lift, the move, the placement, the pressure in the feet, the lift, the move, the placement, the pressure in the feet. And then just like standing, allow yourself to go back into a sitting posture. And again, notice what it takes. Because sitting, we're not just falling down, right? We're not just like, boop, I'm sitting. It takes a lot of cooperation of this body, these muscles. So going back to sitting. Again, paying attention to the transition. I'm going to keep standing. So the encouragement is to, every time we transition from sitting practice to walking practice, to pay that level of mindful attention, that level of unwavering awareness to each of our, each of our movements. We don't get the opportunity to do that very often. So then when you move into the walking practice, which you can really walk anywhere in this whole place except for in this room, which Rebecca might have already pointed out. But this walking hall here, um, anywhere outside, if you dare, um, in any, anywhere, in the kitchen, in, I mean, in the dining hall, the patio, anywhere, except for in here. And so you'll find a path, um, and you'll start. And again, it's landing, a little bit of standing practice is useful. And then it's moving, shifting, placing, moving, shifting, placing, Walking. I'm going to speed it up. Faster motion, faster motion, faster motion. Not that you can't walk that fast. You can if you want. Then you get to the end of maybe 15 to 20 steps, a path, and then do the same thing going back. Same thing going back. And it's really paying attention to the pressure in the feet. The feet are kind of your primary focal point. But obviously breathing is happening. Hearing is happening, seeing is happening, um, but it's really staying present in this experience of walking. One of the reasons the walking practice is so useful um, is because, like I was saying, we're not only doing this practice to be good sitters, we're doing it so that we can move it out into the world. And this is a great way to have our eyes open. We're taking in external stimulation Right, So you're seeing your eyes are open while you're doing this practice, not closed. 
So it's a great way for our sense doors to be open while staying incredibly present and awake and aware of where we are and what we're doing. Right? So really paying attention to our own experience, our own bodies, and seeing, you know, our sense doors are open to all of the sense impressions that are coming in. So it's a beautiful practice for me on many retreats. That's been my primary practice. And the sitting is sort of like what I do in between. And walking is my practice. So see, you know, for some, you might really enjoy it. And, it's, and it is, it's if you're feeling sluggish or even restless, it's quite, quite a good way to, um, to be in experience in a different way if you're having a hard time with just sitting still. Uh, so now we have a few minutes for questions. If there's any questions in any of the instructions for today, um, we'll keep them to practice questions um, for, for now. I was just curious um, if we have to leave during one of the sittings to use the bathroom or something like that, what the rules are. Are we allowed to come back? Um, what's the most least disruptive way to leave? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the preference is to not. So use the, obviously during the walking period, if you need to use the restroom, that would be a good time to do it so that when you come in here, I don't think we have a sit that's any longer than 45 minutes. Yeah. So of course, if there's an emergency and you need to go, please go um, quietly to the, to the restroom. But the encouragement is not to just like that same thing of needing to move, right? It's like, okay, feeling the bladder full. (laughs) It's, it's a sensation. You know, it's a sensation. The mind can, be, can feel the urgency. And unless, you know, of course, if there's any kind of um, health reasons that that needs to happen, please take care of your body. Um, but for the most part, if you can stay in the hall, you know, through whatever it is that feels so urgent in a moment um, to stay. brothers uh, one back there on the right next to the wall what do you suggest around the sleepiness at what point might you just give into it and go have a nap or um, do you recommend kind of fighting through it and staying with the schedule. Yeah. Uh, naps, are, naps are good. Um, first day, generally busy lives, real tiredness can set in. Um, after lunch, there's a good chunk of time to take a nap so that you wouldn't have to miss any of the sitting or walking periods on a retreat that's really two full days, um, it can feel like a bummer to miss some of the practice periods. So I would recommend after lunch or after dinner, 
are the best um, opportunities for that if you need a nap. Um, you know, I'm, I'm of two minds of it. One is the sensation of sleepiness, if we don't see it as a problem, can be quite fine in our practice. You know, really getting, what is, what is sleepiness in my body? Because, you know, I have sleep issues, and I don't sleep that well at night. And when I used to make a problem of it, it was a problem. Now I go through my day and I'm like, yeah, I'm a little groggy. I'm a little foggy. It's okay. It's okay to feel like this. I don't need to be on high active mode all the time. Right? So while on retreat, maybe allow the body. Ah, Because tired, sleepy can actually have a quite pleasant um, tone to it. You know, there's a kind of, for me, there's a warmth, a heaviness, uh, you know, just like the mind is actually a little slower, which is sometimes nice. And um, if, you fall, if you find that you're nodding out, you know, you just like really can't stay and it's like painful. Um, one thing you can do is open your eyes in the hall and, and just let them be open. It brings a little brightness in. It brings in some more energy. And the standing practice is very helpful for that. Um, but by all means, if you just really need to sleep and it's going to ruin your whole, the whole rest of your retreat, take a nap. Yeah. And I'm sure that, that a lot of people in here are having the same experience. So it's quite okay. Yeah, I find that um, people feel like conditions have to be so, 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 so perfect to meditate. <laughs> that so much of what we're doing is coming in touch with imperfection and knowing it intimately and well to the point where it's no longer imperfect. It's experience, right? And sleepiness is one of those, along with restlessness and, and all others. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about spiritual bypass? Mm-hmm. And I get confused, or I just, I start wondering, you know, something like meta practice or in other traditions, like watering the seeds of whatever pleasant feeling. Um, I get confused about when to actively cultivate sort of positive emotions or connecting emotions versus um, when that becomes a sort of spiritual bypass? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and there are, you know, the, the practice that I just laid out and, and really for today is so much more about the mindfulness, staying where we are, Whatever is arising is okay. Nothing is wrong in our experience. Nothing is wrong in our experience. We're meeting whatever is there with kindness, with compassion. Right? So that's, that's the core of the insight mindfulness practice. Then, yes, we do at times. On this retreat, we probably won't go so much into metta practice, um, but when we do do that, we're still meeting experience with it not 
Like, I really hate this person. I really hate this person. I'm going to send them meta. <sighs> you know? <laughs> and, and that's a good bypass, right? That's a, that's a bypass. <laughs> it would be more like, I really hate this person. I really hate this person. And I'm going to hold this dislike, this aversion with care. That would be a non-bypass way of using metta, right? This aversion is there, and I'm going to hold that with care. Not, I'm going to force it away through my spiritual practice, right? I'm a good person. I love everybody all the time for everything, right? I mean, it's a beautiful sentiment, and that's a bypass. (laughs) I'm just going to meditate myself out of this uncomfortable state, right? I'm going to meditate this answer instead of, oh, there's some confusion right now. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to sit with not knowing. So typically the whole of the insight practice is really more about meeting exactly what's there and meeting it with kindness and care versus slapping kindness and care onto something that we don't even fully understand yet. So it's this deep understanding of, like, first I need to know what's even happening before I then switch it around and turn it into something else. So really knowing what's happening. That's what we're doing today. That's what we're doing. And that's where the deep wisdom comes, is really knowing what's happening, not what we wish was happening or how we are going to get it to happen or how we can change it to happen, but what's really happening and meeting that. Does that answer your question? Or? Okay, thank you. Okay, okay, we'll do one more. So our goal is to be in the present moment. And when we find ourselves going off into thought excursions, then we gently return to the present moment and being mindful. And then translating the mindfulness when we're sitting into our daily experience. When do we do our thinking? Mm -hmm. And how do we integrate thinking into our mindful practice? Because there are things that we want to think about and need to think about. Mm -hmm. Great. No, it's a great and important question. So we can think mindfully. This is the thing. Today's instructions are not about that, right? We know thinking's going to happen, but... uh, A foundation that's useful is knowing how to think when we know we're thinking and not when we don't know we're thinking, right? Which can often happen. Mostly, we're thinking, 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 totally unaware that we're thinking and just being dragged around, like, you know, dragged around by the thoughts. So when we are intentionally thinking, we're working, we're reading, we're doing a project, we're figuring out a problem. Yes, are we absolutely thinking is, is necessary and vital, but we know we're thinking. We're in the process of thinking, right? We're not spacing out. We're not dreamy. We're not fantasizing. Even fantasizing is okay if we know we're fantasizing, right? So there's, there's a, we're staying connected to the present moment even though we're having these you know, mind states that might be taking us into, you know, yes, we need to sit down and be able to work or be able to think, but know that we're doing it. 
right? Right now I know right now I know I'm talking and I'm fully aware of what I'm saying. I'm cognizant, I'm awake, right? I, I know what's going on right now. And I'm thinking. Or else we, you and I wouldn't be able to have this conversation. I'm fully aware I'm looking in your eyes. I'm fully aware we're conversing. I'm using words, right? So this is the thinking mind. But it's different when we're trying to be present to a situation and our minds are over here, right? So it's really bringing us into congruence, bringing ourselves into a state of um, fully being present no matter what we're doing. Does that make sense? it does. Okay. Great. So we we will have time for more questions um, tomorrow morning. And uh, right now... Yeah, right now is a walking period and just listening for the bell. And we'll come back in here for um, the 10-15 sitting unless you'll be upstairs for the affinity sit. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.